we're going to take a little bit of a different route this morning because ordinarily we would be in the middle of a series right now that we've been running called About Everyone. But what we wanted to do and we felt that this was important for us was to not try and play down the fact that there is something that is affecting us all around the world right now. Our news channels are covering it. Our social media is full of it. And that is, there's so much change that's upon us surrounding coronavirus and COVID-19 that we really didn't want to be that church that wanted to try and just brush it under the table or under the carpet as though like this crazy thing was happening around us and we're going to pretend it's not there. So instead, what we wanted to do was just have some conversation around that and I guess really try and understand how we as followers of Jesus can still be full of faith even in spite what feels like everybody around us is full of fear right now. So we're going to do this in two halves today and Emma is going to come up uh, shortly and she's going to be talking to us directly from Psalm 91. But before we do that, I would love to introduce a friend that I have up with me on stage today. Everyone, this is Dr. Matt. Morning. And um, I, would you like me to call you Dr. Matt or is just Matt okay? Definitely just Matt. Yeah, which, which makes you feel more comfortable? Matt. So I will definitely call you Dr. Matt from now on, okay? Um, Perfect. Matt, really, um, it's great that you have been willing to help us out this Sunday and talk all things coronavirus with us um, and help bring a degree of balance into everything that's happening in our world. But before we do that, I know that many of us may have seen you from this MD position back here, which is where you are most weekends. In the comfort zone. In the comfort yeah. zones. Do you feel more comfortable having a guitar strapped around your neck? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess that it must feel a little bit different for you, but that's typically where you serve in church on a weekend, and we're so appreciative of you sharing that musical gift that you have with this house. But it's not what you do nine to five, right? So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what's happening in your world right now? Yeah, so I've been in Liverpool about three years now. Um, moved down after uni, started working as a doctor. Uh, spent a lot of time in the Royal, in A&E. Um, been up to Aintree, done some work there, and I've just started GP training recently. Um, so now the nice, fancy love life building on Edge Lane. That's a cool um, building. Some training there. Um, and I've met a lovely wife who's around here somewhere, whilst in church. You met your wife in church. That is like, if there's ever a reason to come to church if you're single, that is it right there. You can meet your wife in church. It worked church. out well for me. Yeah, it worked out well. Hey, I think that it worked out well for Joe. Couldn't comment. <laughs> you know, um, okay, so let's kind of get, get to it because I feel like this is not something that Emma or I or anybody just in the church is ever going to be an expert on. And I know that you would say that you're not an expert on it either, but you certainly are way more qualified than most of us in this room. Um, there's so much going on around the world right now that is affecting many, many people. And we're not really we've not yet maybe felt the effects like we might do in the future, but we know that something crazy is happening around us. And when it comes to coronavirus or COVID-19 that we hear on the news, if we were to just onboard everybody for a moment, what is it that we're actually talking about when we hear those words? Yeah, so the two words are used somewhat interchangeably uh, in the media and in the public. Um, coronavirus is actually a word we use to describe a group of viruses of which COVID-19 is one. Right. Um, so we use them interchangeably. Um, previous ones, I mean, like the SARS outbreak was, was a coronavirus, and um, we just didn't get a more original name this time, so we're stuck with coronavirus. 
So with coronavirus then, there's so much information, you know, there's so much misinformation as well about this whole disease and how it can affect you. But from a medical standpoint and from what you are seeing, what you're aware of, how is it likely that coronavirus may actually affect someone? So that can be different for different people. Um, for most people who are relatively young, fit and healthy, it can be anything from quite a mild illness to sort of like a flu-like illness. So people can feel very unwell. Um, but the main symptoms are fever and cough. That's what we generally screen for. Those who are a bit more elderly, other health problems, especially breathing problems and heart problems, uh, it can be much more serious illness, um, can lead to quite serious problems with your breathing, which can ultimately lead to hospitalization. So what advice would you give out right now to all of us who maybe just want to say, look, in this season, we want to be extra diligent just to ensure that we stay and remain healthy. What would you be saying to us? Yeah, so the advice I would give is exactly the same as what's quite readily available online um, and is supported by all the, the government advice, which is really simple stuff that you'd probably normally do when you have a cold, for example. Um, so the main thing everyone talks about is washing your hands. Uh, the places that are really easy missed, like the backs of your hands, thumbs, um, so not the token gesture, quick splash into water with a proper wash of your hands. Um, coughing, sneezing into a tissue and bin it. And then obviously if you need to, isolate as, as told. And when it comes to washing your hands, everyone's going crazy over hand sanitizer right now. You can't get it in the supermarket. So I'm just trying to be creative. I'm thinking like if you haven't got any readily available hand sanitizer, will Jack Daniels do the job? <laughs> Uh, it might do, but there's probably some more preferable uses for Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh, there is. I wouldn't know anything about that being a pastor. You tell me, Matt. What do you think we should do with it? Hey, we'll talk later. <laughs> a conversation for after church, perhaps. Um, okay, then. So right now, what we're seeing in the media is there's a lot of places around the world, including right on our doorstep here in Europe, that are responding quite differently to how we are responding right now in the UK. For example, Italy's on lockdown, Ireland is also on lockdown, no schools are running. America has just closed its borders, including to us here yep. in the UK. Um, I saw something online the other day and it just kind of said, this is typical of the English. Whilst everybody else is going into lockdown, we're all washing our hands, being told to sing happy birthday. And, um, I, I, you know, there's, there's, a, there's the skeptic in me that kind of goes, is that really, is that really a thing? Is that gonna help? What do, you, what do you sort of make of all of the advice that we're being given by medical health professionals right now? Yeah, I understand that completely. I don't profess to be an expert on the national response to these things. All I would say is that the advice the government gives is given based on really solid medical scientific advice, which goes far beyond anything I would understand or be able to really comment on. So both personally and professionally, I fully support and advocate for what the government is currently saying to do. Okay, okay. You know, just the other day, we were talking and you were telling me about how crazy you felt things had really gotten in the last seven days, even in your work environment. And you were talking about what it was like in the surgery right now and how there is just so much fear and the phone is going constantly. There are so many people just turning up and you even told me about somebody bringing their dog in to be checked for coronavirus. I'm not too sure what that was about, but it certainly sounds to me like the medical health professionals like yourself are really being put under immense strain right now. I'm just interested, Matt, you know, you've been in the church for three years. Um, you're a great guy. You follow Jesus. You trust in God. But, but how do you remain calm and balanced? And how does your faith life help you to remain calm when everything around you, especially in your working environment, must feel incredibly uncertain? Yeah, at times it's not easy. Um, it is quite stress, pressure environment at the moment, and that's 
obviously two with the coronavirus, let's not say it's the first time this exactly happened in healthcare, that things have been difficult and, and challenging. I would like to think generally I'm not the most dramatic and panicked of a person. I do try and always stay quite calm, just in my character and also from training. Quite calm, you are the calmest person I know right here. I've never met, and you are so calm, you're almost horizontal sometimes. It's a good way to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it can be difficult. Um, and I do definitely find that the faith when you step out of work or take a few minutes inside of work can just help you keep grounded, um, can keep you looking straight ahead. Um, and also being surrounded by you know, a, a good group of people around me here at the church and, and at home just keeps you nudging in the right direction when, when you need it. Um, I'd like to think that also my, my faith in being part of a church community gives me a good idea of the impact and benefit community can have. Um, I think that's really important that everyone remembers, even though we want to look out for ourselves first, there's potentially someone next door around the corner that, that really needs some help. Uh, I think it's a good time for communities to try and step forward and, and yeah. be the support that some people really need in this quite difficult time. Yeah, and I think that that is so wise and so smart that we just be diligent in this season, especially taking care of those of us that might, maybe you don't even know all that well, but maybe you're in your street, in your, in your friendship group or whatever, especially if in, they're in that older category. Um, one really serious question now, Matt, just before we bring this part to a close, and that is that I understand that you're a huge Liverpool football club fan. Is that right? No. No? Who is it that you support? Wigan. Wigan. He is the only Wigan fan in here guaranteed today. There is nobody. No, oh, there's two. <laughs> All two of you. Yeah, so... Um, Spreading quicker than the coronavirus. <laughs> You know what? I don't know who to pray for most. Like this whole situation that we've got going on with coronavirus or you Wigan fans, I'm not too sure. But um, this is what I, I, I think and feel. I just think that having someone like you speak into our world has been helpful and beneficial to me. And we don't know how this thing is going to play out, right? We don't know how the effects are going to be, especially where mass gatherings are concerned, of which we probably are one of those. Um, but we are going to be willing to adhere to all of the government vi advice that comes out um, over the next coming days and we'll try and keep everybody updated with how that's happening. But for now, as we transition and move into a talk around Psalm 91, can we please, Liverpool One Church, give it up for Dr. Matt. Thanks. love that conversation between Dr. Matt and Pastor Luke and I, I thoroughly think that, you know, in this time and environment and the situation that we currently find ourselves in, that we heed to what the government are, uh, are putting out there for us. We are following doctor's rules. We are doing everything that we possibly can do to keep ourselves fit and, fit, uh, fit and safe. But I think it's worth really remembering Liverpool One Church that whilst we listen to facts, we're also believers in faith. And it is really important that we lean into the teachings of Jesus as much as, if not more than, 
anything else that we're hearing in the world around us. So we're going to take a few short moments. We're going to go through Psalm 91, which we've just seen on the screens. And it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to be speaking very fast. So rather than taking notes, you can go back and listen to this um, on YouTube or on a podcast later on. But But what is important right now is just for us to lean in and listen. But I ask, listen with more than just these ears. Listen with a heart of faith because there's a God who is for you. And there's a God who's foreseen everything before it even hits our world. And he's made provision for you every step of the way. And so as I break this psalm down and rapid fire, we will um, have a conversation about it. You know, in the book of Job... Um, Job, who we know went through some really difficult and troubled times, he says this one line in scripture. He says, I could go um, without my food all day long, but I couldn't go without the word God. He says, I could go without my lunch, I could go without my dinner, but I could not go all day without the word of God. And I think we have a problem in our generation. And I think the problem is this. I don't think we desire God perhaps as much as some of the saints of old used to desire God. Like we like the things of God. We all want to be blessed by God. Every one of us wants to be blessed by God. But sometimes we're pursuing the blessings more than we're seeking the blesser. We want the gifts that God has for our life. But so often we want the gifts and the things that God can give us more than we want God himself. And I promise you this, when you pursue the gift giver more, when you pursue the gifts more than you pursue the gift giver, you miss out on the power of relationship with the one who's giving. God is not a God who withholds. He's got protection for you. He's a generous God. He's a God of love. He's made provision for your life. But do not miss out on the power of relationship with him. Because in that relationship, there is protection. Psalm 91, we're not sure who the author is because the Psalms were written over a long period of time. Some were written by David, some were written by Moses. So over a great duration of time and some were written by authors that we don't know. And Psalm 91 is one of those although Bible scholars will lean to it being written by Moses and I will tell you why later. But verse one says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, will abide, will live, will be under the shadow of the Almighty. You don't need to shelter in the secret place unless you are running from a storm. When there is a storm, you need shelter. I'd say there's a pretty bad storm in our world right now that we need shelter from. Before Corona, was it Kiara or Kiora or whatever that storm was we had? And if you could have seen what I could see out of my office window as I was looking in the driveway and in the hail and the winds and the storm, people were running up the driveway looking like they'd swam the Atlantic Ocean just to get to church. Literally, and people were opening the church doors and as they were coming in, everyone was cheering and clapping. That was just because you made it from your car up the driveway and through the front door. It was horrendous. But it's like that in our spirit life. What's happening in the world right now, it's horrendous. And we need to run to a secret place 
for shelter where we can live out our lives protected. And some of you are like, well, can you give me the address of the secret place of the Most High? Because I'd really like to go there. Well, you know, whilst it is an actual place, it's not got an address location because the secret place of the Most High God is a place you access in your spirit. You don't get there just by being a Christian. You don't get there because you're in church. You get there intentionally because you're pushing in daily to the presence of God. I'm living my life in the presence of God. You see, here's the thing about the secret place of the Most High. It's a rhythm of God that you learn to do life in. It's not difficult for you because God is not something you turn on and off in your life. It's a way of life that becomes your life. And you can go about your life doing life in the presence of the Most High God. When you are in the presence of the Most High God, the Bible tells us the enemy cannot get to you there. Let me give you a visual of what it looks like. It's like being in a slipstream. Let me show you what it's like being in the presence of the Most High God. Oh yeah. You see, you just do your life to a different rhythm to what the world does. You're doing your life in the presence of the Most High God. You're doing your life where you're dancing to His tune. And as you're going about your life, that's not hard. That's not difficult. It's a rhythm that you find in Him. How do you find that rhythm? You find it by daily pursuing God. Read your Bible every day. Put some worship on every day. I'm a married woman, but I don't have to think about being a married woman every day. It just is who I am. And because I'm a married woman every day of my life, there are certain places I don't go. There are certain things I don't do because I'm a married woman. And when you're a child of the Most High God, when you want to live in the slipstream, in the secret place of the Most High God, you need to be mindful of who you are. I'm not going to have that conversation. I'm not going to visit that place because I am dancing to the rhythm of a different tune. I'm getting on with my life. I'm flying in life. Life is good right now. Why? Because I'm in the secret place of the Most High God. And although stuff is going on around me, when I am dancing to God's tune, it cannot come near to me. And so the scripture goes on to say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress, my God. And in him, I will trust. The author says, I will say. We have to learn to verbalize the word of God. You can't just think it. You can't just read it. You can't just meditate on it. But there is almighty power that comes upon your life when you speak out the word of God. When did you last open your mouth and say, he is my God. He is my fortress. He is my safe place. And in him, I trust. You know, there's a, as an account of Jesus before he went to the cross, the Bible teaches us that he was tempted by Satan. But do you know how he fought the enemy? Is that when Satan spoke to Jesus and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off this high place. Or if you're the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. It said that Jesus said to Satan, it is written. And then he quoted God's word back to him. Knowing you're going through stuff in your life, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you need to be speaking out the word of God and saying, in you, I trust 
But here's the thing. Some of us say we trust God, but our conversation is one of fear. Some of us say, yeah, I'm a Christian and I trust God with my life, but your mouth speaks negativity. Why would you follow a God you don't really trust? Because if you trust Him, then trust Him. Like, like a father who throws his child in the air. The child's just free-falling and loving every minute of the journey because he knows my dad's going to catch me. And you have to know in this time and in this season upon the earth, God's going to catch you. You've got to know that your father is fully aware of everything that's going around. But when you live in life in the secret place of the Most High, he's got you. He's there for you. All through the Bible, we see great men of old, great men of God, David, Joshua, Daniel, declaring the confession of their faith out loud when they are facing dangerous or difficult situations. Declaring out loud that you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you are my Lord, you are my God, and in you I trust. Hey, let's not be a people of compromise or complacency. Let's get audacious. This is the time for the church to rise. This is the time to let your faith be known. This is the time when people are going to say, why are you not freaking out? Why are you not all stressed out about this whole situation? Oh, why? Because I'm speaking out my faith. I trust my God. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous and deadly pestilence. Do you know a fowler is one who lays traps for animals. A fowler goes deep into the woods and he specifically baits a trap for some unsuspecting animal to come along that's going to get caught in the trap. Usually they are fur hunters who lay these kind of traps. There is a reason why the enemy who pursues us is likened to a fowler and his ways are likened to traps. And that is because traps are not there by accident. Traps are deliberately set for you. And certain traps have your name on. Certain traps have my name on. And the enemy knows how to bait it specifically to target your life. He knows what thoughts to put in your mind that are going to bring you down. What thoughts are going to put, he knows how to reel you, what thoughts to put in your mind to trap you. And here's the thing, when an animal is caught in the trap, the trap doesn't kill the animal, the trap contains the animal. The trap tortures the animal. And you know what? The enemy wants to keep your life small, contained, trapped with thoughts of fear, trapped with thoughts of negativity, trapped with worry. But it also goes on to say that God will deliver us not only from the traps of the enemy, but also from deadly pestilence. Listen to Webster's dictionary description of the word pestilence. Pestilence is any viral or fatal disease. An epidemic that hits the masses of people. Any deadly disease that attaches itself to one's body with the intent to destroy. This verse ensures your deliverance from all harm. Your God knew what was coming upon the earth in days such as this. The virus has taken us by surprise. 
It has not taken your God by surprise. He went before you. He made provision for you. He said, hey, people, there's a secret place that you can hide. It's called the shelter of the Most High God. Don't dip your toe in and take your toe out and play the okie-cokie with me in such a time as this. He says, be in the shelter of the Most High God. Live your life out of this place. I knew what was coming. And this is why... Um, it says here as well in, in verse 4, it tells us that <clears throat> he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you may take refuge. The Bible speaks and gives us illustrations and metaphors so we can create images and pictures to understand what God is speaking to us. He shall stretch out his feathers and you may take refuge. His truth and shield will, his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. This is a picture of a mother hen gathering her chicks underneath her. Those chicks grow in safety because of the protection of the hen. Now, can I just say, I have never been to a farmyard and seen the mother hen running around the farmyard looking for the chicks to try and hide them. Mother hen stays exactly where she is and the chicks find her. It's important to listen to the language of the Bible. It says, under his wings, you may seek refuge. You will not automatically have refuge from a storm because you are a Christian. You will not automatically have refuge from a storm because you come to church. But the Bible says, you may seek refuge under his wings. But that's up to you to push yourself in. That every day, God, I'm going to put time aside. I'm going to pray over my life, over my family every morning. I'm going to be mindful of you, God, as I'm going through the day. I'm not going to get caught up in gossip. I'm not going to go down with a conversation of negativity. I'm going to watch my mouth and the confession of what comes out of it. And I'm going to stay under your protection. God is always willing, but we are not always wanting. Some of us, so many of us, we just want to pick and choose from the Bible the bits that we follow. It's like, oh, you know, I, I, I'll follow this bit, but I don't want to follow this bit. You know, I'll, I'll be good. I'll tithe with my money, but when it comes to my honey, I'm going to do whatever I like. And we pick and we choose the bits of the Bible that we want to follow. And God says, no, 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 no. This is not the day and the age to be living in where you are picking and choosing like you were at a sweet shop. Follow the Lord your God wholeheartedly and live under the shadow and the shelter of his wings. It goes on to say that you will not be afraid of the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor destruction that lays waste at noonday. These two verses cover an entire 24-hour period emphasizing day and night protection. The terror of night is, is things that take us by surprise, that alarm us, things like war, terrorism, a sudden attack. The arrow that flies by the day is something that pierces and wounds you physically, spiritually, um, mentally, emotionally. Arrows are deliberate and meticulously sent and they are aimed at your most vulnerable area. You brave heart girls, you'll remember the Achilles heel story. The enemy knows your vulnerable area. He knows your Achilles heel and he has arrows loaded, ready to send 
to you. And it will always be aimed emotionally, physically, spiritually at your weakest and most vulnerable spot. You know that area where you take offense really, uh, really easily? That's where the enemy will aim your arrow. You know that, uh, that area of your life that you are extremely fearful in? That's where the enemy will aim his arrow. But here, this is what the Lord of the God says, that when your life is in the shelter of the Most High God, those, these assignments rise up against you. His promises says the arrow will not hit its target. We can't stop what the enemy throws, but we can put ourselves in a place of protection. Pestilence. God knew there would be diseases that bring fear upon the earth in such a days as this. Diseases that are running rampant and somewhat out of control. He knew that the world would be teeming with epidemics and pandemics, hitting people in their thousands. And this is why Bible scholars think that this scripture was written by Moses because Moses at this time was the only man who'd lived through a pandemic. He was the only man who'd seen the epidemic outbreak on the Egyptians in the Old Testament when you read about the plagues that came one after the other after the other against the Egyptians. And our scripture goes on to say that a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 might get ill at your right hand, but it shall not come near to you. I'm claiming that right now for me and my household. It shall not come near to you. Moses watched the onslaught of the Egyptians. Do you know at the time, the Egyptians and the Israelites lived in the same area of land. They, they lived in the same region. They were neighbors. They were next to each other. And the Egyptians dropped one after the other. But those who were hid in the shelter of the Most High God, who followed God's rules, who prayed to him, who kept up his, his principles, who lived by their God, it says the plague did not come near to not one of them. God knew that we would hear so many negative reports upon the earth. So he warns us and he makes provision for us. But you have to have faith to be in the shelter of the Most High God because faith is the currency with heaven, of heaven. And without faith, you can't access anything heavenly. See, if I go to America, I, I need my US dollars to be able to access stuff in America. If I'm going around Europe, I need euros in my pocket so I can access stuff in Europe. In Africa, it would be the rand. Well, in the kingdom of heaven, the currency is faith and all the promises to God are available for you and to you, but you have to use your heavenly currency to access them. Faith is believing for the things that are not as though they were. Speak health even when you don't see it. Speak it out over your life, over your family, over your body. At a time that looks bleak and destructive, speak out the word of God and speak health. It goes on to say that he will give his angels a charge over you. I've got some really good looking angels around here somewhere. Can they make their way up here? You give my angels a clap when they come up, right? For he will give his angels, who are never late and are always on time for your life, a special charge over you. Yes, give it up for the angels. It says that in their hands, listen to this, he's given angels a charge over you. If he's given angels a charge over you, that means circumstances are not in charge of you. 
Do you understand? Angels in charge of you. And it says this, in their hands, they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. I don't know what it's like for your life, but in my life, I look at it and I go, I don't know how I missed hitting that car. I mean, I don't know how that car missed hitting me. I don't know how I didn't break my neck when I had that fall. You listened to Courtney and Beth's testimony last week. I don't know how she got out of the hospital and walked again. Let me show you how. Obstacle. You. And as you're going through your life, the angels are deployed to walk with you. And as you come up against a problem and a, a situation, your angels will pick you up. Your angels carry you when you are not even aware of it. Hebrews 13 tells us that we are entertaining angels without even knowing it. There's so much more in this scripture, so much more that we haven't got time to cover it all. It talks about problems that you will encounter. It talks about how you will trample upon lions and cobras, and every one is a metaphor for a different type of fear or a different type of worry. In the King James Version, it talks about um, dragons as well, that you will have authority over dragons. Dragons are fictitious fears, fears that exist inside your head because your mind travels with worry when actually, in reality, that thing is not happening. And God says here, listen, I've given you power of attorney, attorney over these fears. I've given you the power over the problem. I've already given you authority in this day, in this age, and his name is Jesus. But unless my church rise and begin to speak out the name of Jesus, the darkness cannot flee. Darkness and light cannot exist in the same place. If the light is on, guess what? The darkness is not. If the light is present, the darkness is not. And we have the power of the light within us, but we have to speak out the name of Jesus. And God has given you authority. And this verse by end, ends by saying, because you have set your love upon me, therefore, okay, promises, promises, I will deliver you. I will set you on high because you know my name. I want you to understand that everything you ever need in life is found in the name of Jesus. That everything you ever need is found under the names of God. And in the Hebrew, it gives us so many different translations and so many different words and so many different meanings for the word of God, for the name of God. You see, my husband, Luke, is a husband to me, but he's a father to our children. But he's also a brother, and he's also someone's son, and he's also an uncle, and he's also a friend, and he's a pastor, and he's a boss. He is one person, but he is different people to, different, to whoever needs him to be a certain person at a certain time. Get my meaning? And so this is how God is to you. He says, my name is Jehovah Rapha, which means I'm the God above sickness. Got to know my name in this season, Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God above sickness. Jehovah Jireh, I'm your provision. I'm your provider, by the way. Jehovah Shalom, I'm the God above stress. 
I'm the God above anxiety. Do you know my name? Do you need to call upon my name in such a time like this? You need to know that he is all you need him to be. You will call upon me. You will answer me. And I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. And I will honour you. And listen to this. And with a long life. I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Church, let's stand.